You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to another episode of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. It is also brought to you by Zoom and Audacity, which is a lovely recording software that you can download for free, which we are utilizing because Zencaster was not very nice to us the first time we tried to record this episode. So please welcome back Sierra and Abigail. Hi. Hello. And uh, today is our second attempt at recording this episode. <laughs> so I really hope that we do a good job. Maybe that just means there won't be as many tangents. I was going to say maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll just be like my first episode ever where we actually stay on point. I doubt it, but. <laughs> Speaking of, let's get right to it. What is everybody reading right now? I am reading a bunch of mermaid books right now. So I just read the short story Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. That was fun. And now I'm reading Sea Witch by Sarah Henning and Atlantia <gasps> by Ali Condi. I'm rereading, I should say. They're so good. Sea Witch is such a good duology. Oh, yeah. Love it. Okay, Abigail, what are you reading? I honestly just got to a stopping point in the Princess Diary series. I didn't finish it, but <gasps> I, I got to a stopping point. Um, in it and um, I'm not honestly just sure what I'm going to read next I can't decide if I want to try if I want to finish the Princess Diaries or if I want to switch it up a little bit but I am reading yeah when you read a whole series yeah. like that sometimes it's nice to take a break take a little break yeah and, and Mia can be a bit much so <laughs> <laughs> I am currently reading Chasing Cheer by Heather Schneider she's a friend of mine and her second book this is her second book that's coming out Aww. in um it's coming out september 23rd and it is a holiday romance story and i love holiday romance stories so it makes me really happy yeah. so right now i'm i'm reading that i got an arc of it so i can leave a, a nice review instead nice um, i was wondering what you've been advertising i was like who is this author what is this book that makes so much more sense Well, now. she's not new. Yeah, she's not a new author. Like, she's had books come. This is her second book. Her first book came out um, a couple years ago. It came out January of 2022, so I guess okay. a year ago. Um, but this is a, a completely new story, and it's a really cute little Christmas story. And I am a big fan of holiday romance, like, movies and books, and I have no shame. <laughs> so I'm very much just living my best life in the pages of this book right now. Nice. So let's talk about our Fan Art Friday. Uh, Abigail, why don't you go ahead and introduce this one since you're like a big Crestwall fan. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. How do I how do I introduce it? Do I just say like what it looks like or? Yeah, just say who the artist is and then describe the image for us. Okay. And then where, oh, Hatch, Hatch, Hatch and Draws. Is that right? Yeah. Make sure I'm pronouncing yes. it right. Okay. So this is... <laughs> So this is from Hatch and Draws, and it's just a super adorable picture of Cress and Thorn saying they're, I'm going to say they're because they both say it at some point, but they're criminal mastermind <laughs> line that's just so adorable. And Cress is in her cute little blue dress, and Thorn is in his hot leather jacket, and they're just vibing. 
Yeah. The only thing that I would say is it's not necessarily accurate because those aren't the outfits that they wear when they're having this scene. Isn't this, right? the, this, don't they say that in the desert though? That's that when they just leave the satellite? Isn't that? Do they? Isn't that what I thought that that was that line was from? Maybe. I don't know. I thought they. I thought it was from this chapter. chapter, Like when, I could have sworn it was in these chapters when they're in the palace. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. So that was like that's partly why I I saved it for these chapters. But yeah, they're in that chapter since they're in the palace. They're talking about, um. They're, they're in their palace outfit, so she's wearing her butterfly outfit, and he's in his, like, plum maroon outfit. That's right. Outfit. He says yeah. it when they're in the desert, right? Does he? I Somebody says trying. it when they're in the desert. I don't know. It's definitely, like, one of Thorne's, like, catchphrases or whatever. Go-to, Maybe yeah. he just says it so much, I, I don't remember yeah. when he says it. <laughs> and I know it, like, comes up later in this book more, but, yeah. Super cute. Oh, very cute. <laughs> I like how it's, like, like, the comic style. Um, her dress though reminds me of like Little Bo Peep in Toy Story 4. In case anyone, that'll help you visualize a little better because it has like a pinkish white belt and puffed sleeves. And I actually that. made that dress because yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah, and I it's beautiful. That. You should go check out her Instagram <laughs> so everybody can see it. Ooh, yeah. So this particular scene, I don't know if it takes place in Crest. I would have to search through Crest to find it. But it happens on the hardcover of this book. It happens on page 589. Of Crest? Of Winter. Of the oh, book of Winter. That we're okay. reading right now. It's, it's in this book. Yeah, no, you're right. As soon as you um, said that. So I don't know if it's also in Crest. I, I'm going to look right now because I have the Kindle so I can do like the control oh, okay. S. No, it's not in the, it's, oh, it's not, not in press. It's, it's, no, it's only in this book. So, so when does he say um, it then? Because she, she steals it from him. He says it multiple times, but she doesn't say this. She doesn't say, I am a criminal mastermind. And he responds with, that's my line. No, no, no. He and just. Doesn't, doesn't he say I'm a criminal mastermind and like that's where she got it from? He says that multiple times throughout book two and book four, but actually oh, okay. she's not. But actually, she's not in those scenes. Okay, so that's just a testament to then how much he says that. Yeah, like <laughs> Scarlet. Scarlet teases him in Crest by saying like, "Oh, that's right, you're a criminal mastermind." And then um, towards the end of Crest, Scarlet teases him again, saying, "I thought you were a criminal mastermind." <laughs> Neither one of those scenes has Crest in it yet. Um, and then he says it in book four after Cress is captured when they're about to like leave Ar- when they first arrive in Artemisia, Cress is captured and the crew kind of leaves her behind. And Thorne says, well, we should go to Waste and Sewage. And they give him a compliment. And he's like, well, I am a criminal mastermind. So Cress actually hasn't heard him use this line before. That which we know why of. he's. That, yeah, I mean, that we as readers, that we have had privilege to, yeah, that because we only know what we're shown. So I guess right. it could have taken page, yeah. like it could have taken place off page. That's what I was saying. Like that, that to me is a testament that he just says that, like, because weren't they on the Rampion in between book three and four for like a week or something? Yeah. Yeah. And he could have said it during that time. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying on the pages of this book, oh, it's not there. In yeah. The, in the series on pages, we don't see it. That's that's what I'm saying. That's hilarious. That's good to know. Yeah, it's interesting how that works out sometimes. Like obviously he says it at some point, I'm sure, but I and I'm just going by like what I'm looking at because I'm doing the control S. But in this book in chapter twenty twenty two, when they say to go to the waste and sewage, he says, I am a criminal mastermind, remember? And then the next time that those two words are mentioned is right now in this scene when she says, I am a criminal mastermind. And he says, that's my line. That's funny. That's cute. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. So to me, that was always interesting that they're just wearing the wrong outfit is all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was quite the tangent based on that. Clothes. <laughs> right, because they're in their desert clothes, but... They have this scene is actually taking place in winter. Oh, that that control F feature is so nice, or we would have been here for, <laughs> for 
after forever trying to find that information. And you know what's funny is this is our second time recording this. We didn't have this conversation the first time. Know, right? we're, already, we're already off on tangents. I think last time we <laughs> talked about their height difference. <laughs> yeah, because we said the height difference probably wasn't big enough, mm-hmm. right? I'm just impressed by all these art people enough to stop being picky. I'm just like, wow, you guys can draw a thing that looks like them, like, and they're not figures, <laughs> like, wow, blowing Especially my mind. the right eyes. Now. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cress's eyes are And there's gorgeous. the shadows, yeah. 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 I like a lot of the details that are in here. I will say, I didn't picture Cress having, like, curves at all, just because they kind of describe her as, like, very tiny. But I do like the way that her dress supposedly cinches at the waist. (laughs) Again, that's like the description in the book doesn't necessarily fit that to a T, but like her hair, her skin being like white, but kind of red because they were in the sun. She's got her dress is kind of worse for wear. And then of course, Thorn, who still manages to look great, even though he's rumpled. (laughs) Wow, what a man, Thorn. <laughs> okay, Sierra, would you like to introduce our second artwork? Yes. So this is by Cosmic Nova Flare, and it's of Kai. And I think he's holding the medallion or the um the fake medallion, aka just the uh, mm-hmm. the dog tag. And it's really cool because it's just like him in this like dark navy blue outfit, and then the like the sun. I think it's the moon. It's like behind him in this sort of like eclipse thing, where it's like. There's um, sun around it, but not in front of it. And he's like, I think it's the earth. earth. Is it the earth? That would make sense. Because they're on the moon when it happens. Yeah. Because to me, this is what is the scene when um, he uses it as like a decoy of like, oh, this is the brooch of the turtle. (laughs) I always forget how Um, dark it would actually be on the moon. Because I'm like, oh, it's like sci-fi dystopian. That means like there's all this artificial light. I'm like. Oh, wait, I'll just stare at the moon. I'm like, how dark is it really? Like, it's so interesting. Marissa just has me obsessed <laughs> at the moon. I'll just, like, look at it. And especially when I was right. reading Gilded, I was like, well, the hunt would be on tonight. The hunt would be on tonight. I love that. Gilded has its own little world, doesn't it? Oh, that's funny. I also want to say a big thank you to Cosmic Nova Flare, who is a a lovely patron member, and is just, like, always creating and letting me share anything, and I think that's just really nice, because they're very talented at what they do, and I'm very grateful that I get to just randomly be like, oh my god, this is beautiful, can I please, please share it? (laughs) And I always get told yes. If they ever, like, listen to the episodes and they're like, well... (laughs) Or if it's They're on Patreon, so I, I assume they listen to some of the episodes. Yeah. But um, Cosmic Nova Flare was our most shared artist of 2022. Good for her or them. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so last week our patron members voted for chapter titles. Chapter 73 is Sweet Nothing by Taylor Slitz, and Chapter 74 is Worldwide by Big Time Rush. Before we skip to our chapter discussion, you may have noticed that there was an audio clip of our theme song in the last episode right before chapter discussion. This is for a very important reason. A lot of people do not like housekeeping, and I get it. It prevents you from getting right to the story, especially if you're binge listening. I do it on this Charmed podcast that I like. I'm like, I'm glad you guys are having great lives, but I want me that episode discussion. So a couple years ago, I started putting in the show notes, hey, chapter discussion starts at such and such time, and then people could just fast forward. Problem is, and this is the email I got, what if you're driving when there's a new episode? You can't look at the show notes. So you're just supposed to fast forward and figure it out. I got you. So what I do now is I put in a little clip of our theme music. So if you want to skip the housekeeping and you want to go straight to chapter discussion from now on, just hit fast forward until you hear the music and then you'll know, bam, that's when chapter discussion starts. That is my solution for this problem. That works. Last time we left off with Jason and Cinder rescuing Winter and the entire sector from the plague, and we lost Saul, Cress, and Thorn was being captured, but she got away. In this chapter, we have Cress and Kai being reunited, and um, Torin 
being the lovely person that he is, stepping in to help them um, as they make their way through the palace, almost said castle, through the palace to uh, put into action the next, the next portion of Cinder's plan for overtaking the regime. The, that was a lot of sentences to explain very little. I don't know why that <laughs> took me so long. So we're in Cress's perspective, and she's been hiding in a cabinet, which makes her obviously very uncomfortable. But Sate, this is her go-to, is like if she has to hide, she just shoves herself in a small space and like, like basically folds herself in half so that she fits in there. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the claustrophobia, I feel like, would also get to me. (laughs) Or, too, like, in Dr. Erlen's office, doesn't she kind of, like, climb up to a thing? It kind of reminds me of, like... Yeah, she's, like, on a shelf in a closet. How does she do that? (laughs) I always picture that as, like, a coat. You know, like, if you go into a coat closet, you have the hangers, and then right above that is a shelf. That's how I always pictured it, was, like, she walked into the closet, climbed up to that shelf, and then just chilled. So there's, like, little handheld holes, like, wow, just climbing. Again, another skill that amazes me. (laughs) She decides to backtrack to the corridor because she feels vulnerable without Thorne. She's not really sure what she's supposed to do. My biggest thing here that I want to point out um, is that she starts to have a panic attack, but she kind of not controls herself because that's not really how panic attacks work, but she has found a way to cope with them so that they're no longer debilitating. So she starts to have a panic attack and she like tells herself like, no, you're good. Chill out. It's all going to be okay. You got this. And I just really like that because it, it shows like how far she's come. And so she reminds herself to be heroic. Yes. I love how she breathes through it and like, she has like a few, a couple minutes to let herself like feel her emotions, and then she sees herself sliding, and then she's like, "Nope, okay." Especially she's in a life or death situation. Like sometimes you have to stop right. panic attacks because you know you're on your way to like class or something. It's like annoying, but this is right. a life or death situation. You cannot have tears right now. Like, yeah, yeah, she does great. Also on that page, um, Marissa writes, um, "Her stomach was in rope. Her heart." and paddles um i wrote is marissa referring to us haha reading winter is so stressful especially when the revolution begins yes i love how meta that is yeah yeah that's a good point i like that that's very meta of marissa to be like let me describe an anxiety attack while i give you more anxiety for Uh 300 pages She knocks over this statue as a diversion. She runs into an elevator, and a gun goes off, like, right when she closes the door. Um, I have to say, I think these Lunars are, like, way too trigger-happy with guns. Like, they are constantly shooting people. It's not like, hey, wait, or I'll shoot. It's just like, pop, 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 pop. And that makes me very uncomfortable, even though I don't live on the moon. (laughs) Yeah. Especially, I mean, I guess the Earth and his men been a little bit more... um, peaceful but they're like all right i'm gun happy let's duel like yeah they're definitely yeah, still in that yeah. set of mind where they're like oh that's yeah. true well they've had world peace for a little while so <laughs> alleged world peace but yes <laughs> <laughs> alleged i like that because lavana is like y'all like tension. unless yeah right okay so the elevator opens up to a crowd and instead of hiding she decides she's going to try to blend in And all these people get in the elevator and they avoid her. And it takes her a second to realize they're avoiding her because they're earthen. And they think that she's lunar and that she's the type of lunar who would have the gift and could therefore manipulate them. And it's very interesting because all she's ever wanted for most of her life is to be accepted by other lunars and to be seen as just the same lunars as her counterparts. Mm -hmm. And now she's finally... She's finally going to be seen that way by Earthens, but in a scary <laughs> in a capacity. Way. Yeah. yeah. The scene reminds me of, like, they're just as scared of, as much as scared as you as you are of them kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of concept, yeah. Whoa. There's that one lunar lady. And I was like, of course she'd run into the only Earthen dip- diplomat who wasn't intimidated by a dodgy lunar girl sneaking around her wing. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. I mean, good for the earthen, but like, bad for Crest. <laughs> that is kind of so, bold of Robin, though. 
Yeah, she's like, like real chill too. She's like, listen. Like, girl, you know you're on the moon. You need to leave. <laughs> These people can make you gouge out your own eyes. You really want to go toe to toe with one? Or maybe just like recruit her. Be like, hey, here's the plan. Here's the gun. Go. <laughs> go. Like, do you want to be on my side? Because my side's gonna win, most likely. I hope. My uh, my favorite dance name is Robin. So Aww. maybe they're like, maybe it's a thing that people named Robin are just badass. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I love that Cress like immediately hugs Kai. Yes. And I'm... he's he's like, Oh, it's okay, sweetie. <laughs> I was like, I always want to pull an Ico during this moment and like kiss Kai and be like, Oh, thank goodness, like you are here for <laughs> Cress. Like she needs a little bit of support, baby. Plus he just needs like I love it. He needs that for his sanity too. He needs to be brought up to speed about what's going on. Also hugs, there's like scientific evidence that prove that hugs and affection um, help with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like I went through a really bad depression a few years ago and Quentin did a lot of research on like how to be there for your partner when they're depressed. And there was like this study that like a 20 second hug from someone that you love and care about and from someone who cares about you can like can lower your stress level and increase your endorphin level. Oh, wow. So it's really good that somebody's hugging Kai. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And whenever you guys feel like you need a moment, like if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, go to like your mom or your sibling or your partner and get a hug. Abigail, would Ethan give you a hug? Would Ethan give me a hug? Right? <laughs> yeah, like if you went oh, to yeah. Ethan and you were like, I'm having a bad day, can I have a hug? Yes, Ethan is seriously like, I don't know, I mean, I don't really have too much experience with like guys in general, but like Ethan is seriously the most empathetic guy I think I've ever met. Like he is so good, good at reading me. Like he knows when I'm upset. Or when I'm bothered or struggling with something, he'll be like, hey, what's going on? And he's told me to my face. Like, he, like, the other day, or actually it was a couple weeks ago, but, like, we went into his car and, like, talked. And he's like, it's okay to cry. Abigail, stop trying stop trying to not Aww. cry. It's okay to cry. And, like, afterwards, he's like, are you okay? Don't tell me you're okay if you're not. Like, are you okay? He gave me a hug afterwards. He's like, he's going to make some woman the most happiest person on Aww, the entire planet. Yay. Yes, he is so amazing. I have a little brother who's really <laughs> sweet like that. Yes. So see, next time you guys are feeling like you just you just can't even. Yeah. You just need to get a 20-second hug. <laughs> I do it all the time. Like, I'll walk right up to Quentin and I'll just be like, I need 20 seconds. Yeah. And he's great because even if he's, like, playing a video game or something, Aww. he'll, like, stop what he's doing. I'm just really bad at, like, asking for help. So, like, when I'm struggling with something, like, I just have such a hard time, like, being like, hey, mom, I'm really upset. Hey, Ethan, can I? Like, I'm just like, I'm sorry I'm bothering everyone. I'm just going to go in my room for a little bit. Yeah, I used to be like that, but since losing my dad, I've I've had to go through a lot of like sure. therapy, and um, I've learned how to like really advocate for what I need from other people, and and just be willing to give to accept like when someone is willing to help me to accept it and just be grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, or even just yeah accepting their boundaries too, because I have a fr- few friends who don't really like hugs, so sometimes. Yeah, I'll like yeah. give them hand hugs or like knuckles or like something like that and respect that I don't like hugs, way. but I don't like, um, you know, like I have a friend who her and another girl, like they cuddle a lot. Like they'll be watching movies and they'll like lay in each other's laps and stuff. Oh, I'm not about that. <laughs> like I don't even do that with my partner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like I don't mind a hug here and there, you know. Um I try to be respectful, especially after COVID, because some people are like, you yeah. need to leave my personal space. No, COVID taught me so much about, like, consent with space, because some people yeah. were, like, okay with hugs with masks, and some weren't, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, 100%. I feel like COVID taught us a lot more than we wanted it to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I love how Kai is sassy to Robin, and he's like, when it, she have manipulated you into leaving her alone? <laughs> right like Robin how did you get this far if she was a lunar <laughs> like not if she was I'm sorry if she were a lunar with a gift how did you get to this point in the conversation I love sassy Kai I love when he's emperor Kai but he still has the sass because I feel like uh-huh. sometimes when he's wearing his emperor hat he he acts very he's just more diplomatic but in this moment he's got like a clap back and I think part of it is because he sees Chris and he's like oh so somebody can tell me what's going on with Cinder. Finally. 
I also feel like he's just done. Like, he doesn't give, yeah. like, and two bits about anything at this point. He's like, whatever. Levana's going to do what she's going to do. May as well have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> so, um, Chris fills them in on what's been happening. That she's there because Thorin got captured so she could get her way. And she is like, ew, Kai's married. And then Kai is like, oh my god, she's alive? Thank god. And Cressa has this moment of like, oh, I forgot to tell you like the most important part. Yeah, your girlfriend's <laughs> not dead. Yeah. She's not dead. Yeah. No, that feels so long ago that that happened that she jumped in. Last yeah. week's episode two, I was talking about like Jason being reunited with like Winter after the plague. And I was like, whoa, is this the first time she's re- they've been reunited after the fake death? And it was like, oh yeah, it is. So it's yeah. just like... There's so much going on. Just another reason to appreciate the the Patreon Discord, because it can be like, wait, is this factual? And within like an hour, I feel like someone will answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Mondays are so fun but that But you way. know, it feels... I know. It feels longer, I think, because it takes so long to get through this stuff when you're on the podcast. You know, because yeah, we fair. started winter on the podcast like over a year ago. And we're still not done yet. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, because we do every other week, and we only do a, a few chapters at a time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's okay. It'll make a good thing last as long as possible. <laughs> so, I really like that Cress has a moment of indecision here where she has to sort of prioritize. Yeah. Because she... She Kai is like, okay, what do you need? I'm here. I will help you. What do you need? Which, first of all, love Kai for just being like, I'm the emperor and I'm married and I have to go crown this bitch <laughs> my queen. But do you need help? Like, <laughs> but she has to decide, like, should she help Thorn or should she help Cinder like she's supposed to? Like, uh-huh. Thorn wasn't supposed to get captured. That wasn't a part of the plan. So, obviously, Thorn needs help. But she's there for one purpose and one person purpose only, and that's to release Cinder's video. Right. When it's, like, priorities and, like, not necessarily to mm-hmm. lead gratification, but also, yes, because, like, obviously if they win it, then obviously it's going to end okay, but. But also one is at the forefront, right? Like, Thorn just got captured. Yeah. So it's like, okay, is he getting tortured? Is he going to die? Like, the longer they're separated from Thorn, the more they don't know what's happening to him. Yeah. So I I get her predicament that she's in. Mm -hmm. And I applaud her for being able to make the choice of, like, okay, revolution comes first. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Because I might not be that good of a person. If, if it's got like my siblings or my husband or something, I would also hesitate and be like, wait, do I go save Thorne? Does Thorne want to be saved? Would Thorne expect me to go after him? Would he expect me to post the video? Like, it's a very difficult moment to be in. Sure. It's kind of the trolley situation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The chapter ends with Torin being the most perfect king in the entire world and being like, look, you guys can go back and forth all you want, but we know you're going to help her and we're running out of time. So I can give you about 15 minutes. Yes. It makes me so happy that Torin is just like, I know you're the emperor, but I got you. <laughs> I'll be the adult. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And I like the Ico that we get a little Ico cameo here where she's like thinking of what Aiko would say in this situation. <laughs> About the jacket? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that jacket so doesn't go with that outfit. I don't know. I low-key feel like any like jacket, like that kind of like a suit jacket, low-key mm-hmm. goes with any outfit. However, it's a Halloween costume, so it doesn't really go with anything. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so let's talk about your song choices for this one. Um, I chose Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. I don't really know the actual original song. All I can know is, like, it from Shrek 2, where they're, like, storming yes. the palace to, like, rescue Fiona or whatever. So that's Love where it, I'm, like... Yes. But it just has, like, like, adrenaline beat and rush of being, like, come on, you gotta do this. But also, like, Crest needs someone to rescue herself, but eventually she, like, 
she rescues herself and she like she gets more ammo and support but then they're like okay kiddo you're on your own here you go you got this like yeah yeah love it Abigail, I forget. Did you have one for this? This one? this chapter, I did not. I could not come up with a title or a quote for this chapter. Okay. And I okay. I looked. I just nothing was like jumping out to me. Right. So for this one, I chose "Tiptoe" by Imagine Dragons. I really appreciate the concept of them sneaking around the palace in this in these chapters. Um, so the lyrics that I liked are "Don't let them know we're coming." Take some time to simmer down and keep your head down low. From, slanted, from your slanted view. I really like that because she's always peeking out of these little cabinets that she's oh, hiding in. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can, well, you can't. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Patreon members will get. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Patreon members will, you can if you join Patreon. Patreon members will get to vote for that chapter title. Let's talk about, Sierra and I have quotes. <laughs> Um, I had, Sarah, go ahead. she had to think like a criminal mastermind because she's the cutest criminal mastermind in both personality and looks. And I just love how the phrase criminal mastermind is woven throughout the book and mm-hmm. how the begin, beginning discussion at the beginning. So, yeah, love it. So I chose time was not going to move any slower to accommodate her failing courage. I just feel like this can be applied to any time that you feel stressed out and you need more time, but you don't have any, and it's not going to change just because you complain about it in your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I I just feel like this could apply to so many different scenarios. Um, And it's probably just something good to keep in mind that time isn't going, time does not move slower or faster based on what you need out of time. Time is consistent and you just have to find a way to work with it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. So chapter 76 is actually really quick. Uh, It's from Kai's perspective. They go through the palace, which is gorgeous. We'll get to that. Kai gives Cress his port screen. He makes up a story so he can get into the vault so that he can distract the guards so Cress can get away, which she does, and she breaks into the control room and hides so that she can release the video. So it's it's a really quick chapter, but we do have some fun things to talk about. First of all, I love that nobody wants to use this gun. Well, and I feel like in this situation, too, if you were to use it, like, you would just draw so much attention to yourself, especially yeah. from Kai. Like, there's no yeah. way Lavana wouldn't know about that. So, But at the same time, it's like one of the few moments where I would be like, maybe the gun is necessary because everybody else has one and they're very trigger happy. Yeah. Right, but you're surrounded by lunars. So it's like... Yeah, so yeah. the gun could be used against yeah. you. Yeah. So it's almost like Good. under normal circuit, like if they were in the Commonwealth... Like, yeah, okay, let's keep mm-hmm. a gun on us, you know, just in case we're faced with something. But here on Luna, it's like, even if you're faced with something, you don't want to have a gun or a fork or anything in your hand. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> no, I love how Marissa writes it. Um, the beginning of the chapter, Kai says, we're going to try this, try to accomplish this without the gun. He said, as if they've been discussing it, we're going to try to take care of this <laughs> diplomatically. And it just reminds me of Star Wars um, episode two, where... Padme and Anakin are talking yes. about like aggressive negotiations versus diplomatic solutions, and it's just. Uh, I know we have some Star Wars fans, so shout out to you guys. Here's me. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Princess Switch because there's a scene where they're like pretend fighting aliens with a bunch of kids, and she has like a toy gun, and she's like shooting, and she's like, "Yay, we killed the aliens!" And he's like, "Well, did we try diplomacy first?" <laughs> It's like you're playing a game with kids, dude. He's like, yeah, but like, did we try diplomacy before we shot the aliens? <laughs> but that's that's kind of what it reminds me of. So I want to talk real quick about this sky bridge because I really need the fan art from this sky bridge. Oh yeah. 
They pass over a sky bridge made entirely of glass that goes over a silver stream. And is this the one that has like the doors with all the cool carvings? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. A woman holding a long-eared rabbit, a falcon with a crescent moon balanced on his head. Now to me, like this just screams Wonderland vibes. And oh, okay. I, you know, and we know that Marissa eventually well, a couple of years after releasing the Lunar Chronicles, she released a book called Heartless, which is an origin story for the Queen of Hearts, and so it takes place in Wonderland. So a lot of these like strange concepts that we see here just kind of it, it gives me that vibe. I was thinking, I was like, what if this is like more deep moon lore? Because we know she's all about the moon Easter eggs. Like Selene is an ancient moon yeah. goddess, and like Artemisia is like. Queen Artemis and like and like the goddess Artemis and like mm-hmm. and that'd be fun to spend an afternoon just researching. <laughs> oh, so you think like maybe the rabbit and the falcon and the fox are all related to? Maybe I'm just thinking Lord. too hard though, or maybe it is. No, I like the idea. Maybe it is that uh, Wonderland. But... I don't know anything about like animal lore on the moon. Watch Marissa being like, yo, I just thought what. It would be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we always read too much into this stuff. There's definitely times when I have, there's a couple episodes where I've asked her something and she's like, I don't think I, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> like, but she doesn't remember doing it. <laughs> so Kai decides to distract the guard by showing, by telling the, the guard that he needs the brooch of eternal starlight. I love Kai's improv here and how he just he he comes up with this so quickly and so brilliantly and I love the back and forth between the guard and Kai the guard is like I'm not listening to you because you're a fake prince you're not the real prince and Kai is like okay but like I have shit to do so either let me in or I'm gonna go tattle on you and come back and then you're gonna let me in anyway but you're also gonna get in trouble yeah he's like I'm real enough to get you in trouble (laughs) right He's like, he's like, uh, I might not be like the real king or whatever, but like, I can still report you. This whole time, so. I, I almost submitted this as a song choice, but I don't know how to write it. Be like, the don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> From Parks and Rec. <laughs> I feel like that could be this entire book. It's just like, <laughs> just like Cinder and her revolution. Like the whole concept of her revolution is like, don't get caught, don't be suspicious, yeah. don't draw attention to yourself. <laughs> I mean, good on the guy for asking questions and not being a moron and, like, not taking right. things for granted. But, like, right. also, that's annoying for us, so. It is. But I love that when he finds it, it turns out it's just his Rampian crew pendant from Ico. And the reason I love this is because that means he carries it with him, you guys. Yeah, how has he managed he, like, to hold on to on that for this per- long? <laughs> <laughs> he has it on his person. I love it. I like to think it's on a chain around his neck. Chain around my neck. I know. I was like, not because you don't love me. I love it. So after that, we get Cress's perspective. And she has a really sad moment here where she remembers being here with Sybil. And like how badly she, when she was here with Sybil, how badly she was hoping to just be accepted when she worked for Sybil. Mm-hmm. And what she learned from Sybil is that you just have to be confident. When she was doing this stuff for Sybil, when she was at the satellite, when she was coming onto the moon, like, she knew what she was doing. And if she has that same confidence again, then then it'll get her through this moment. Probably. We don't know for sure, but probably. I like that when she breaks into the control room, there's a veil over the mannequin head and she has like a, like a Scooby-Doo moment. Cause I feel like I would also have that moment. Oh yeah. No, there's so many times where you go past stores or other places and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a person. And then it's not, it's like a poster or like a mannequin. 100%. I felt that way when I was watching, when I was watching, when I was reading this and taking notes and everything, like every time I get past that point, I'm like, I would also jump out of my skin and be like, who's there? (laughs) Like, I would be really bad at stealth because I would constantly be like, what's that noise? What's kind of interesting, and I hadn't realized this until pretty recently, is that I bet one of the reasons that Sybil, like, actively worked to keep Cress away from Lavana is because even as a shell, in person, Cress would see Lavana as she really was. Oh. 
So it's like, I almost feel bad because I know Eco touches on it and she's, or Iko, sorry, touches on it. No, Eco is how Marissa pronounces <laughs> oh, does she? it. Oh, does she? But Aiko is how Rebecca Solaire pronounces it. Oh, so gotcha. Has said, Either one is okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, in my head, it's Eco, but because Eco right, mentioned. Because right. you're doing it properly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I said Eco before like before I got into this whole fandom and like I just picked up Cinder and was like, oh, Eco. <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> but we know from Eco's perspective that. I would say Eco Eco because of that what one song. song. <laughs> Uh, there's the song where it's like, hey oh. now, hey now, Aiko, Aiko, oh, hey. I don't know that one, but I will take your word for it. It's a super oh, okay. <laughs> silly song, but anyway, sorry, okay. continuing. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was it. It was just Continue like, we know that Aiko is, like, she had her moment of, oh, that's what she looks like? Wow, I'm disappointed, or whatever. But, like, yeah, we never, and it's never, Cress is never addressed. It's like, oh, I wonder if, like, all those reasons, I mean, not that Sybil would, like, take anybody else just up to see the queen for fun. But, like, she was always so animate about taking Crest through all the back roads and all the underground passages and always keeping her away from the queen. It's like, uh-huh. There's you know, I wonder, too, because that makes perfect sense that Sybil was very devoted to Lavana. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of a girl crush going on there. Um, and and right. I think that you're right. She would have always thought with with Lavana's best interest in mind and, and a... a a shell being able to see what she truly looks like would not be in the best interest of the queen. So I think that's something, I think you are onto something there. (laughs) Okay, so she finishes just as the guard enters the room and she has to hide again, but, but she forgot her port screen or Kai's port screen. I feel like for Cress, for Crest, because she's a shell, if she had to forget one thing, the port screen or the gun, it was better to forget the port screen. <laughs> yeah. Because she can't sure. be manipulated. She at least has now right. a small yeah. measure to defend herself. That's true. Especially if she's into, especially yeah. if they'd like shoot first. <laughs> Ask questions <laughs> later. Right. <laughs> oh, I haven't. Okay, yes. so let's talk about song choices for this one. Um, I choose Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Because it talks about a girl trying to hide from an attacker. And it's also, like, kind of relates back to the criminal mastermind. Um, but also the chorus is, like, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? That's, like, our thoughts during it. Like, I'm, like, are all these characters okay? And Chris's thoughts are, like, Thorne, are you okay? And so it's just, like, yeah. Told you. Pretty winter was stressful. There was so a lot of anxiety. anxiety. So. <laughs> so- <clears throat> all right, Abigail, what about you? I picked Revolution by the score. Which I feel like the revolution started a while back, but I feel like this is just another bigger step because they're getting the video out. Thorn isn't mm-hmm. like so much is at stake right now. It's like, okay, the revolution is like, it's here, it's coming. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. I love it. <laughs> so I chose Stop and Erase by Selena Gomez because of the scene with Kai and the guard. Um,. Stop and erase, because I'm going to wipe that smile off your no-dell face. Laugh all you can, but live it up. Read my lips. The joke is on you. <laughs> You're all about walking tall on the people you knock down. But stop and erase, because I'm going to wipe that smile off your know-it-all face. I just love that Kai is... What album was this from? That what was album from, was that one from? Yeah, was this was from her, her earlier very first album. This was back when she was still Selena Gomez on the scene. So, yeah, it's from a while ago. Um, But I love me some old school Disney. Like, love me some old school Disney. I also listen to Hilary Duff's first album. And, (laughs) but I I thought of this just because of the, like, laugh while you can, wipe that smile off your face, don't be a know-it-all. Like, the whole whole chorus of this just vibes with what Kai and this guard are back and forthing with. (laughs) <clears throat> and then we all three had the same quote. <laughs> we did. Here's our all three collective quote for chapter 76. She was trapped. Thorn was captured, but they had been heroic. Oh, I love it. Such a good last it line. Is. I had met- I'm obsessed. As Abigail knows, I'm obsessed with chapters that end with a really good, like, last line. You like really a really are. solid one. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it feels like, mm-hmm. like a cliffhanger, especially because the next chapter is... I know. Uh, I hate that. I mean, I don't hate Jason, so. but, like, really? We're yeah. going to just pause this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just going to pause this and go talk about Jason? So Marissa, I don't care about Marissa Jason. Marissa loves that. <laughs> Marissa loves doing that. I know she does. go back and forth, and she'll be like, dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile... <laughs> Over here. Y'all forget about Over this? Over here. <laughs> yeah. So chapter 77, we are back with Winter, Jason, Cinder, and Scarlet. We are in Winter's perspective. Basically, the antidote works. Jason is happy. Um, we find out how many people survived and how many people didn't. Cinder comes up with a plan. Jason is annoying about how much he's going to participate. Uh, and then And then they go on their way. So... One of the things I really enjoy about this is that, well, not enjoy, that's a bad word, but something I would like to understand is someone needs to explain to me how Scarlet was the second person to get this plague and seven people died, but she's still like cool. Like she was like when Jason and Cinder showed up, she was bossing people around. She wasn't even like laying down because she was tired. What would my little brother call that? Like main character syndrome? <laughs> and or it's something. Maybe it's like an earthen thing. I don't know. Well, I like earthens are more. Yeah. Maybe. Well, but especially because lunar strength. Yeah. This particular one was designed specifically to target lunars. Was it designed so, for lunars, or I thought it was just to include lunars? That it was like the disease had mutated, and it now also affected lunars. It does. Because this was the strand from Doctor yes. Erlon's, right? And then Levana, they it, yeah, so Levana like yeah. MacGyvered it and made it worse. So okay. my only explanation is that something to do with the pathogens that now target lunars weakened the pathogens that target Earthens. So she still caught it, but it killed lunars faster. Must be. And I'm only saying that not because yeah. it's necessarily realistic, but because I need some kind of explanation, and that's the one I came up with. <laughs> yeah, especially because her immune system right. would be super great after being... Like, like starved yeah, and living in a cage and for three months. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out your immune system suffers quite a bit from that. I know. I was thinking originally, like, well, okay, she's a yeah. farm girl. She probably eats really healthy. But it's like, right. she's been in, a, like, a dog crate for, what, a month? Right. Six weeks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, like, you're totally right. Her insane. immune system should not be no. on its best right now. So Cinder is planning strategy. Cress has already lowers the barriers, so nothing is stopping them from demanding justice. I loved that Winter is like so touched by how supportive everyone is of Cinder. Like she's already Yeah. So incredibly like proud of this girl that doesn't remember her. Which, okay, I'm sorry. I think that is like okay, because Winter is like a year older. Winter's seventeen, Cinder sixteen. No, Winter is 18 and Cinder is 16. So they're two. it's two years apart. Are you sure? Because I thought Jason was also 17. She was like, what, five? No, Jason died? is like 20. Nuh-uh. All right. Hang we're on. We're getting out the... T- yeah, we're going to get out Buzzing the Buzzing out the computers. Again. Okay, he's 19. 19, okay. And it's, Okay, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she, she's 17 because she was younger. I thought she was younger than him by two years. Yeah, she's 17. Where are you getting this information? Uh, Lunar Chronicles Wiki. Okay, because I'm on the I'm on the Wiki fandom, and it's got Jason Clay as 21. Bro, what? Maybe yeah, is that maybe from Cinder's... Stars Above? Because it he's... says in winter he's it says in winter he's turning 21, and winter is turning 19. Uh uh-uh. uh Which would make him 20, and that's on the Lunar Wiki. That's where I'm on the Lunar Chron- Lunar Chronicles. That's where I am. I'm on character ages. I'm on their like per- private, like their personal pages. What do you mean their personal? Oh, okay. Pages? So you know, like they're like, um, I don't know, like like oh, if like you go to Jason Clay, yeah. Profile? Okay, so here's what mine oh, says. Okay. Mine says age 19, sure. and then it also says age 21 in something old, something new. But that would be a couple of years later. Right. Right. Huh. So we're so we're both right. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> he was born. <laughs> he was born in 107 TE. Yes. And so he's like about to turn 20, I guess. Is that what we're is that what we're saying? Sure. 
Which, if he's about to turn 20, that means he's 19, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> if if that's what, yeah. if we're basing it off of the lunar wiki. Which I have nowhere else other, I have no, like, I don't know what else to base it. I mean, other than, um, like, going back and checking, checking the books, like, literally, like, reading the books, I don't know for sure how to do it. Like, I would have to double check. Yeah. Um, I want to say he was two when she was born. But the main thing to remember is that Winter is at least a year older. So, But I, I want to yeah. say Winter was five. I want to say that they said, like, Winter was five when Celine dies. Oh, see, I thought she was four. I think I'm thinking in Ferris, it's meant Lavana because it's from Lavana. Oh, wait, you haven't gotten to Ferris yet. Sorry, that's a spoiler. No, we did. Yeah, did Ferris we before that. Oh, did that's Winter. right. You did. You did. Okay. Um, I was out of order. Uh, I thought that, it, that Lavana said... Something about for Celine's third birthday or for Winter's four, like because Celine turned three in Ferris, and then she killed her after that, right? Right. Either way, it's a like one to two year difference. I don't think Winter would okay. remember that much. Well, my thing is she remembers her and she remembers them being friends and Cinder doesn't because Cinder doesn't remember anything right. from before the fire. I just feel like no five-year-old kid is going to remember. You couldn't remember feelings. There was this little girl that I was na- uh, neighbors with when I was really young and we were best friends and she left yeah, when I was like three or four. But I still remember like feelings and hearing the stories of like, hey, we were best friends, like we had our own language. So I wonder if like Everett kept it to be like, do you still remember your cousin Celine or whatever? Or like, yeah, that I makes just sense. feeling that like joy and peacefulness. Yeah, I don't know. I totally have memories yeah. from when so I was five. I do maybe. too, but they're almost like, like I don't personally remember stuff. I well, also, okay. We have like family videos because my parents, I was the firstborn. So my parents, there's always a camera in my face. So like I remember quote unquote certain stuff, but it's like, I don't personally mm-hmm. remember it happening from my point of view. I remember seeing it. So it's like in a weird way, I remember it kind of, but it's like, I don't know without those videos and pictures, I don't know that I would remember, I don't, I don't know See, what I, what have, I would like, remember. Videos and, we don't have like, we don't have that from when I was a kid <laughs> and I have plenty of memories from when I was like four and five years Do old. Do you? Okay. So maybe, we yeah. Moved, yeah. We moved from California to Illinois when yeah. I was five and I remember I, re- I don't remember every day, right? But, like, I remember scenes in my Aww. head. I remember, like, I remember, like, Christmas in California. I remember one time we took a beach trip in California. We went camping on the beach for, like, three days. And I remember stuff from when I was five. And so I would definitely remember my cousin that died if I was close with them. And I would especially remember them if they died. Because you, like, hold yeah. on to those memories. Sure. Because... Because you have to think of it from Winter's perspective. Winter had, you know, she had Jason and his family and she had Celine and she had her dad. And that was like her whole world was just those like five people. So if one of those people is taken away, it it's very noticeable. Yeah. So I think maybe she doesn't remember like every little thing. But like Sierra said, like she probably has small memories of like if we did... You know, like maybe they always used to play with Barbie dolls or they used to always play this hide and seek or something like that. Right. So maybe she remembers like the feelings and emotions that happened and not necessarily like major events and exactly how it took place, but she would remember other components. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's my explanation. That, that's, I'll buy that. I don't know how we got on that tangent though, so I don't know where we are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, how uh, well yeah. she'd remember her because she was being a cheerleader yeah. and saying, hey, go, guess what, my cousin Celine is going to be the best. Also, just, I don't know, Winter's so sweet. She just loves everybody and just loves life, like. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. feels very in character of just being overexcited about whatever. So on page 287 of Winter, this is going to prove Abigail. <laughs> on page 287 of Winter. <laughs> When Winter and Celine are st- are united, she says, my memories are hazy, too, and I'm even a year older. Oh. Still, I hope we can be good friends again. So she does have memories. They're just, she like she says, they're hazy. Yeah. So, so maybe it is that, like, she remembers those feelings and emotions more yeah. than she necessarily remembers exactly what happened. Sure. 
Suspension of disbelief, I guess. <laughs> um, so, Cinder shares her plan. What do we think of Cinder's plan? We're going to divide into two groups to allow for faster passage through the tunnels. When we reach AR4 and AR6, we'll divide our numbers again so that we can go to all eight entrances. And then every time we go through a city, we're going to be like, hey, do you want to join us? And also, do you have weapons we can use? Then when we get there, we're going to use all of these weapons and people, and we're just going to, like, fight. So this is Cinder's big plan. What do you guys think? Brilliant. <laughs> it's a lot based on faith that's for sure and hope and I don't know I mean I think at the very least if she has a strong enough force to go to the palace and take down Levana, that's better because if she has like a hundred people or something or even fifty you know that's a lot better than five people knocking on the palace doors and be like hey can we see it Lavana, we'd like yeah. to assassinate her. No, please. I think like, this is the best she can do, and I think this is probably the best she could come up with at the last minute, too. And she doesn't even know that she has the support of Kai with all these like spaceships surrounding yeah. Luna ready to like fire at will, which is also a very key component, I think, um, in this mm-hmm. in this series, but she doesn't know about it. So we have yeah. a little hiccup here because she's like, okay, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and Jason, I need you to do that. He's like, I ain't doing for you. I have to be with my girl right now, okay? Like, I am not going to help you. Winter needs me. And Winter's like, no, you're fine. He's like, I said what I said. <laughs> well, too, I wonder if part of it is, like, just tired of being a guard and fighting yeah. that life and... He also doesn't have a lot of loyalty to Cinder slash Celine. Like, he does, but his loyalty to Winter goes much deeper. And if he feels like Winter needs him more than somebody else, then he's going to be with Winter. Yeah. Which is Winter's solution. She's like, well, fine, I'll just go with you. And he's like, well, that doesn't help anything, because then I'm just taking you into the lion's den. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think he has a little bit of a hope of a lack of hope. He's like, things yeah. aren't going to get better. Like, they're going to lose. Like, yeah, we can try. But he's like, right now I'm free. I have my girl. Like, long term, what's his goal here? We're just going to, like, stay here. Yeah, Jason is not, like, I like him. He, I, I genuinely do like him. But he's he's not the sharpest <laughs> knife in the drawer. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not looking at the big picture. He's always just like, oh, make right. Cinder proud. Be traceable. Oh, make, make Winter proud. Be trace Cinder. Oh, winter's alive. <laughs> he's just kind of like very, very like he's got too. a little blinders on. Yeah. He's not really focused. <laughs> yeah. So the chapter ends because Scarlet can't fly the terrain speeder. Winter convinces Jason that she can handle it, and they have to, and she's gonna go with him. And then the coronation starts. A wicked grin pulled at Winter's lips. She stepped away from Jason, faced the people, and raised her arms to her sides. People of Luna, she said, echoing the broadcast and pulling the crowd's attention away from the dome. Please give your full attention now to the true heir to the lunar throne, Princess Selene, live from your very own sector. Her eyes flashed as she swooped an arm towards Cinder. Our revolution is about to begin. Little cringe, but we love it. Yeah, it's definitely um, a bit corny, but then I'm like, okay, but it's written for 16-year-olds. So, well, and it's also Winter who's, you know. Yeah, it's 100%. 100% Winter is the type of person that would have this corny, cheesy line. Mm-hmm. Thorn is not going to say this. <laughs> this isn't a Thorn sentence. Thorn would say it say. ironically. Right, but he wouldn't be like, listen <laughs> yeah. up, masses of the people. No. Um, so let's talk about our song choices. Sierra had quite a few. Oh, yeah, this is. Is this the one I chose, like, four on? (laughs) Because I was just kept thinking and thinking. I think when I put it on Patreon, I had two messages on Patreon. was like, is this right? Do we have five choices? And I was like, yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to me. I suffer from a severe case of lageria. I have so many ideas of words all the time. Um, My main song is Seize the Day from Newsies. Um, Composers, technically, Alan Menken and Jack Feldman. Um, Like, 
their whole thing is like about opening the gates and seizing the day and friend of the friendless um, raising your torch and lighting the way. Basically, it's about the newsboys' revolution. They're standing up to the man and saying, no, we're done with this. Um, I love, there's this one. Mine says, raise up the torch and light the way. I was like, shout out to Omega yes! Bob. You got that torch light. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, it's a revolution song. And that's how I always picture this scene is like, that there's these walls that mm-hmm. are going to fall down the way it is. Like, I know we talked about last time about how like the distance is all weird, but... Anyway, um, the other ones, of course, are Taylor Swift, um, <laughs> and I do have one more musical. Um, so I have Only the Young by T- Taylor Swift. I really like the lines about, like, they're not going to change it. We have to change it ourselves, um, because that's true. Like, Levana is not going to fix it for them. They have to stand up in the p- people's revolutionaries, because the nobles mm-hmm. don't really care. And then also Change by Taylor Swift, also, like, a... A revolution we're gonna win this by the walls um, that they put up she also like yeah when the walls fall. that they put up mm-hmm. to hold us back fell down so that's perfect for crest like lowering the barrier yeah yeah and then also last was story of tonight from hamilton just the main like beginning opening line like we may not live to see tomorrow but we gladly join the fight because i don't know this chapter begins a little bit with the death toll about like winter saying people died but that was because of the plague and then they're gonna re- march to a revolution and how many more people are yeah. they gonna lose so but it's worth it to get other people i also want to point out that only the young was inspired by um is a song that taylor wrote inspired by gun violence and school shootings and we talked a lot about gun violence in this episode so it's kind of fitting for that reason too just not yeah. intentionally right so that was just how did just i know that That's oh good you to know. didn't know that listen to the lyrics I know, it makes sense. I just, it was like on the documentary. Oh my gosh, I thought that was like a uh, metaphor. I did not. <laughs> you only, you raised for this yeah. and you've only heard on TV, you go to class scared, wondering where the best hiding spot would be. And the big bad man and his big bad clan, their hands are stained with red. Oh, how quickly they forget. So to me, that's about school shootings and how they get a lot of attention when they happen. But then within like a few days of news cycle, people forget about it. Yeah, no, I thought it was like a Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince kind of metaphor. It was like, we're in high school, life's a school, we're going to win, but everyone's kind of cheerleaders and stuck in high school. It so. might be. I took it to <laughs> that be makes about way more the, sense, though. I took it to be about school shootings. But I think that's the beautiful thing about like songs and poetry is that it's um, open to interpretation. But I am curious for listeners if anybody else took it. Which, How did anybody else interpret this song? email us or if you're on patreon you can just blow up the discord um (laughs) so my song was nothing's gonna harm you from sweeney todd i really don't have a huge reason for this song it's not revolution based it's more based on jason being so incredibly protective of winter that he's refusing to even fight so that he can stay and guard her and so it's nothing's going to harm you, not while I'm around. That's pretty much the only thing that works in this whole song. I just really like that concept. Um, let's yeah. talk about our quotes. Bethany, you and I had the same one. <laughs> yes, we did. Our, and you got to say it last time, because this time my quote was, Our revolution is about to begin. I love that line. As I've mentioned several times, I love when a chapter ends with, like, just a perfect ending line. And I love that it's winter that delivers this line because we have, over these last few chapters, we've gotten, especially from Jason's perspective, uh-huh. of like, well, maybe Levana was right. Maybe mm-hmm. she could be queen. So I, I think her being a leader that's supporting Cinder is um, working very well in Cinder's favor. Yeah. Yeah. Abigail, why did you pick this one? I just thought it was, like, such a good end to the chapter and i don't know what is it book four or whatever and you know the new quote-unquote book starts yeah book five five. yeah just a good good wrap-up yeah um my quote was at the beginning of the chapter um she could not stop smiling jason was back and he was alive and yet at the same time her heart ached people were gonna die today 
I just really love like the sentence structure and the juxtaposition of like, hey, this relief, here's my person. We're happy. Oh my gosh, something bad is also going to happen. And that's just life sometimes. Like every, some don't have a good day, mm-hmm. other people are having a bad day. You just have to like recognize that. We talked that. about that a lot in this episode about <laughs> how like time isn't always on your side. Sometimes you have to put others first. Sometimes you have to put yourself first. So um, I think that that's a, a very appropriate quote. Um, there was one Easter egg, the bonus <laughs> word hair appeared four times, and the bonus word gloves appeared once. Next time, we are going to cover chapters 78, 79, and 80. My friends, where can people find you on social media if they would like to do so? Abigail, also feel free to plug your, your Creswell fan fiction, which is pretty, like, award-winning, like, record-breaking. I, I am so sad. I, I, like, finished it. It's still up. It's still up on Wattpad. I'm not going to delete it or anything, but, like, I finished it and i've been i've been very sad because I, I really miss writing it <laughs> but it's still number one in crest yay <laughs> Ooh. links for our guests and our featured fan artists are in today's show notes you can follow the podcast on instagram rate review and subscribe check out patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and more fun perks and that's it for today folks we did it <laughs> Yay. With one minute to spare. <laughs> Just barely. Thank you both so much for being here and for doing this episode twice. Yes, thank you, Bethany. Listeners, keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. 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 The clips you heard today were from Rebecca Solaire's performance of Winter by Marissa Meyer in McMillan Audio Book Production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Patreon members Abigail and Sierra. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.